Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stuff I've Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio. Okay. Um, I feel like we do need to put this disclaimer at the very beginning. So, fam, we're putting a disclaimer. We're recording this before the result of the election slash before the actual election day or voting day. So please forgive us as we are hoping for the best, but sit in a bit of a panic. And as we have dramatic flashbacks of 2016, uh, we decided we should revisit the past, but follow up with some anxiety-relieving exercises and options as we go through this moment together and just kind of throw some facts out and statistics because, you know, that's what we do. Um, it is, so, sometimes. <laughs> that's what we do sometimes. And yes, this could be a little bit triggering, a little bit traumatic, uh, so put that in here, FYI. Uh, Annie, I do have a question for you. You ready? Okay. Aren't you glad uh-huh. I've got questions this time? Yeah, yeah. Um, how are you dealing with this election season? And I feel like it's been 10,000 years in this season. <laughs> I think in 2020, that's probably accurate. Um, I think that what I've noticed the most, especially now, and I know we talked about this a little in a previous episode, is it's almost like I've shut down when it comes to thinking about anything that happens past it. Like, it, I literally can't imagine what's going to happen this week. I can't plan anything out. People are like, let's hang out. And I'm like, my mental state might be royally screwed. They're like, I think it'll be fine. I'm like, I don't, don't say that. Like, don't even tempt it. I don't even like it. Don't, ah. Um, So it's almost kind of like denial. I don't know. It's, it reminds me of um, whenever, like when I have a traumatic memory and a lot of times when I'll try to think of it, my, it's like a, a door in my brain slams shut and I can't think of it Um, as a protective mechanism. But that's kind of where I am. I definitely am like, I had trouble sleeping anyway, but I am having a lot more trouble sleeping. Yeah. Um, So that's pretty much where I am. How about you? Yeah. Uh, You know what? I fluctuate back and forth to complete despair to fighting mode. I am all over the place. I will say in the last few days, I've had a little more anxiety-ridden dreams, definitely having a hard time sleeping as well, definitely having a hard time uh, eating mm-hmm. and being hungry, uh, which is my panic mode is to like just shut down. But before then, I got really into it and was like trying to volunteer and I've been giving away my money to everything mm-hmm. <laughs> in hopes that that might help. Uh, I've actually been actively tweeting and doing all those social media things that I feel like are good, hopefully, mm-hmm. but not without fighting with people necessarily because I don't love doing that. But yeah, it's definitely a back and forth and back and forth. And the closer we are, the more I do feel like I'm re-traumatized by the last election. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> because we don't want to get comfortable because everything is very similar to that in, in what we see in that the numbers, uh, not necessarily the tactics, but the numbers. And it's interesting to be in Georgia, I think, as we are now officially a swing state and a battleground state. And I love that. I love the fact that it finally took to there. And I actually predicted that it would become that when the governor race before Stacey Abrams and Brian Kemp, the deal race was happening because... Uh, it was Carter, uh, the son, the grandson, is it grandson or nephew of Jimmy Carter? Um, he was the one that was running against Dill and actually like polled around 40, 45%. And for Georgia at that time was 
amazing. Mm-hmm. So I, I really did have hope that we would get to here. So it's interesting to see because I have hope for the small things, but for the giant picture, I'm a little scared. Yeah. I, I've definitely been having nightmares too. Um, and I was telling Samantha, I have like stress bruises from where I'll catch myself just squeezing my arm and I don't realize I'm doing it. Uh, and I know like, I I feel like in 2016, the reaction I got a lot was you're you're being too dramatic. Whereas now I'm seeing a lot of headlines of kind of what we're going to talk about today, but also just how big a source of stress this is. And I love listeners from other countries. You've been so kind writing in and saying like, we're thinking of you. (laughs) Hope you're going to be okay. Hope of a safe week. Uh, We really appreciate that. But it's so strange to me that this is like... Such a stressor. <laughs> it really is. And speaking of that, like, actually has a name. Uh, it does. It is. It's called the Election Stress Disorder, or they've been also calling it the Election-Related Stress and Anxiety. It's a thing. In 2016, the phrase came out as the election cycle seemed to grow more and more frenzied. Uh, psychologist Dr. Stephen Stozny first wrote about it for an article in the Washington Post. And he wrote about it because of the amount of distress calls he had gotten during the election cycle. And the term has caught on as the immense amount of election content continues to flood the country. Yeah, that's interesting because my therapist, when we were talking about this last week, I was saying, like, I don't know where I'm going to be after the election because we normally do it on Wednesdays. And... He was saying, like, yeah, I had I've blocked off like pretty much all day for just emergency calls from patients because so many people mm-hmm. are stressed about it. And she said, but I also have to put in time for me in case I'm not in a place for right. it. Um, so yeah, um, this isn't actually a DSM term, however, the election stress disorder. Uh, But there is no denying that stress increases due to the election season. According to health.com, ESD is pretty much what it sounds like, quote, an intense level of election-related stress. 2016 was an intense election year. Not only were there so many more ways to campaign, like social media, telephone, text, billboards, everywhere, but um, it was one of the most polarized elections uh, in history, And it also was a year of a lot of personalized attacks and disinformation and misinformation. Many people were extremely overwhelmed due to the election and the outcome. Yeah, and with the stress of the election, there are the added specifics of the issues that are in the hands of our electors that have caused stress on an individual basis. Specific issues such as gun control, climate change, discrimination, police brutality, national security, immigration, healthcare, and abortion were on the list of causes for added anxiety and stress. And with the issues... Just keeping up to date with the news and reports were added stressors to the different communities as well. Yeah. Um, Some even call the effects of the current administration the Donald Trump stress syndrome. And though it may seem obvious, those who identify as Democrat or left-leaning have said they felt significantly stressed due to the presidential outcome. Uh, 72% reported that, and only 26% of Republicans said that they were impacted. Yeah, I know that's been a big thing uh, for both parties to make fun of. I've never actually heard of this until I heard, uh, I think, a country singer try to talk about this and was trying to make fun of the libs, as he would say. Uh, 
But because of the way he wrote it, they thought it was an attack on Donald Trump. (laughs) So his followers were attacking him, and he had to correct them. He was like, calm down, calm down. Like, I think (laughs) they called it Donald Trump hysteria, but essentially it was this. And I thought it was very interesting that they could not understand that he was trying to be sarcastic. Anyone mm-hmm. thought he was attacking Donald Trump. So that mm-hmm. said a lot to me, and I thought it was quite funny. I'm not going to lie. Um, <laughs> and beyond just the political issues and implications, the act of voting itself has become a huge stress factor. The process of registering, making sure your info is aligned to vote, checking to make sure you haven't been purged from the registry, trying to decide how to vote during the pandemic, deciphering all the disinformation about voting rights. If you're absentee voting, making sure info is completed correctly and sent off correctly, watching the mail to get status of votes. And for those voting in person, long line waits, being turned away, sudden poll closures, and overall mishandling of the voting process. The mere fact one of the slogans for the voting was, make a plan to vote, says a lot about how difficult and stressful the U.S. process can be for voting. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, And uh, let's look at the effects for marginalized people specifically. Um, If we look at women, this election plus COVID has put on quite a strain. In 2016, one poll reported that at least 51% of women were stressed due to the election, while only 39% of men felt stressed. One of the biggest causes of the stress was due to the many allegations of sexual assault and harassment that were coming out against Donald Trump. According to a 2016 Times article, women reported having flashbacks and triggering of past trauma. As Dr. Melissa Lester Olson states in the article, quote, women who I have seen for years are only now bringing up physical and sexual trauma from their past. I think this election is re-traumatizing them. Verbal and emotional abuse, physical abuse, sexual abuse, rape, discrimination at home or at work, Women experience these things often. There have been many reminders in this election of experiences that so many of us have had. Exactly. And I think we've talked about that previously because it is one of those big factors of we having to hear it over and over and over again and then Mm -hmm. having to deal with it and process it personally. And so Mm -hmm. how do you get all the information you need but continue to get triggered because of past trauma? And this is so related and correlated with that in our own lives. Yeah. Of course, it isn't just the election that is causing anxiety and stress for women and also causing some trauma. Uh, The 2017 confirmation hearing of Kavanaugh as well as the hashtag MeToo movement brought the rise of fear and anxiety among women, especially those who had gone through some kind of sexual harassment, sexual assault, um, in any type of harassment at all, actually. And when we look at the level of stress and anxiety placed on the LGBTQ community during this administration, the overall stress is even higher. In a survey conducted last November 2019, people stated they were already stressed by the 2020 election. And uh, 64% of the LGBTQ adults surveyed stated that issues in regards to elections and discrimination impacted their daily lives. There are many issues at hand that the queer community are watching closely, especially as the new justices have been appointed. And when we look specifically at the transgender community, there are many more issues as they continue fighting on a state level as well as federal level, including voting practices and problems like name change and different genders on ID cards have caused so much stress for that community and even uh, discouraged them to vote. Yeah, and speaking of voting stress, we have mentioned a lot on the show about continued suppression of Black and Latinx voters, and specifically uh, Black and Latinx women. Um, One of the big issues is also the stricter voter ID law and the scrutiny of ID. Put into play the continued issues with registry purchases, gerrymandering, closing of polling locations, and the effects and worries of trying to vote alone. All of that causes stress. And then on top of that... 
uh, the continued political issues of discrimination and continued devaluing of the voices of Black, Latinx, and other POC citizens. And for those with a cognitive or physical disability, which, by the way, affects one in four adults, the outcome of the election alone can cause stress as their health care continues to be an unresolved issue and is often overlooked or outright denied for those with a pre-existing condition. And as we continue to watch the election, the fight to keep the Affordable Health Care Act is also another added issue, which even though, yes, the election does affect this, however, the Supreme Court and who have been appointed are the ones that's actually going to make a lot of these decisions. And it's kind of scary about what can happen if it is presented to them. Um, And it's another stressor, and even more so with people with disabilities. And with that added pressure of voting, some literally for their lives, the added stress of being able to vote can be another factor. According to a New York Times article, at least 38 million eligible voters have a disability, which is more than 16% of the electorate. And if they they break it down even further, with 21.3 million eligible voters with mobility disabilities, 13.1 with cognitive disabilities, 11.6 with hearing disabilities, and 7 million with visual disabilities. And many have had not had the accessibility of using their right to vote and having to go through great lengths to get their vote counted. And it's just a shame because I remember the first time I voted, mm-hmm. and it, it was so exciting. Like, right. I was like, oh, this is so fun, and... It's, and I was, you know, in a lot of ways, and I'm still, I am very privileged, and I didn't have that things to worry about. Um, But it could be just sort of this fun experience for me. It's very upsetting that it's so stressful for a lot of people. And I mean, even for me now, because the stakes feel so high. And also, like, just the sowing of distrust that maybe your absentee ballot won't be counted. I will say it does feel like a win when you see it going through and you're accepted. I'm like, yes, I did it. Uh, Somehow as if like I won a prize. But yeah, it's really sad to see all of these people being purposely discouraged uh, because of suppression and all of that. And and then again, we want to talk about the fact that those with disabilities are more higher risk for COVID. So that also pushes them further back into how am I going to do this safely? And Mm -hmm. we've heard many stories. And even though the Americans with Disability Act is supposed to prevent all of these ridiculous uh, tactics or rather mistakes, however they want to say it, um, it doesn't. It hasn't stopped people from trying to suppress that vote as well. But Mm -hmm. it is really encouraging to see as we have been, we haven't actually come to National Voting Day, but the numbers of voters and the numbers of votes is so high that it's very, very impressive. It's really, really amazing to watch people push further and fight harder because they're like, nah, my vote's going to count. Yeah, yeah. Um, But we did want to talk about what uh, ESD looks like. But first, we're going to take a quick break for a word from our sponsor. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yeah, so uh, like any stress or anxiety-related disorders or diagnosis, similar effects happen like loss of sleep, body and stomach aches, headaches, increased worry, increase in blood pressure and food-related issues, overeating, not eating enough. And for election-related stress, you also see an addiction of news and social media, trying to keep up to date on all the information, which can lead to more worry and anxiety. Yep. But also Mm -hmm. can lead to an inability to focus, irritability and crankiness. Yeah, that too. And also to an extreme uh, 
a feeling of hopelessness and helplessness. And I'm not going to lie. I, I, this, these are times that I've really had to shake off some of the overall things I couldn't control because I have felt like I'm slipping into a depressive state. And I'm, I'm like, I, I, I can't allow this to affect my life this way. But it's sometimes really hard not just sinking into that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And sustained anxiety and stress can cause releasing of cortisol in your body, which weakens your immune system, which, by the way, can affect how you are protected from different viruses, including COVID-19. Yes, and I don't think that we have to remind you the mere stress of going through that on top of everything else. That is very frustrating to me that I feel, I just don't feel well a lot anymore. And right. I think it's stress. Yeah. But, but because there's covid it's like, I'm like, oh, but what if this is COVID? Right. But I think it's stress. <laughs> right. It's like, is it stress? Is it COVID? Is it cold? Is it allergies? Am I dying? What is happening? <laughs> uh, because, and then it was like, who have I come, come in contact with? Where could I have picked something Where up? Where could I have got it? Yeah. Yeah. This is bad. Um, so with that, we wanted to kind of talk about how to deal with election-related stress. Uh, so... How do we? We found mm-hmm. a few suggestions, and just a reminder, you're the only one that knows what is happening with you. As in, we can give you all the suggestions in the world, and one may work for you, and all of these may work for you, and that's okay, and it's normal, and it's okay if it doesn't. If you have a different way of handling things, that's fine. As long as you are healthy and listening to your body and not making anyone else miserable, <laughs> <laughs> meaning purposely being mean, um, mm-hmm. then go for it. But just a reminder, listen to your own body. You have to do what is best for you. And that means if you're doing what is healthy and good for you, you can also be good for others. Yeah, yeah. Um, and another one, one I have definitely had to do is put down, put, put away your phone, uh, get away from your computer, your TV. I noticed a huge, I know I've said it before, but wow, the difference I noticed when I was like, I'm only going to get on social media like at one point during the day and only for this long. And oh, man. Um, Yeah, that is something that people suggest is setting the time limit, a time limit on it, um, going on a a sabbatical. It's okay to step away. Fear of missing out is a real thing for election time, but it's okay to take a minute and step away from all the back and forth. It will definitely be there when you come back. And you know, sometimes with the world we're living in, sometimes a story like just, it turns out it was just to like make you miserable, but nothing really came of it. So (laughs) there's always that. And don't don't hold on to what you can't control and focus on uh, what you can. That's something else I've seen, like the benefits of doing something um, if you can't control your uncle who won't stop ranting on Facebook, unfriend him, unfollow him. It's all okay. I yeah, definitely yeah. agree. Yeah. It's okay. We've all lost a few followers here and there. We've also lost the people. Uh, we've also stopped following people for reasons, and it's okay. Whatever is good for your mental health. Find your social support group, whether it's through Zoom, text, or a social distancing hang. Support each other. Remember, you're not in it alone, and most likely they need you just as much as you need them. And it's good. It's good to be around people. Don't isolate yourself, which I'm bad about. <laughs> Remember, she says during social isolation. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. Whatever. <laughs> Remember to breathe. Whether you have a specific exercise or just need to take a big sigh, which I do often and people think I'm upset, but it's actually one of the most relieving things for me. Mm. Like my partner definitely is like, what's wrong? I'm like, no, no, no. I just like to sigh. 
It's okay. My, my ex uh, used to joke that my if I ever had a production company, I should call it Heavy Sigh. <laughs> I thought we were going to name a band after that. <laughs> we should. <laughs> Slow down, listen to your breath, and then proceed. Whether it's just kind of stopping, taking a deep breath, and then moving forward. That's okay, mm-hmm. too. And therapy. Uh, therapy, if you have access to therapy, then do it. Make an appointment. Make sure you're checking in on yourself and your own mental health. If you have medications that you're having to take because of anxiety, depression, any of those things, make sure you keep going with it. It's okay. None of this is, uh, none of this is easy. So if no. you need some extra help, that's okay. Yeah. Um, and then moving around, whether it's going outside for a little bit, hiking or walking around your neighborhood, Taking some time to move around. Uh, I have been really bad about this actually lately. And I've just recently got a little standing desk for myself. So I'll hopefully move about a bit more because I noticed this was a problem and it was really impacting my mental state. Um, Arts and crafts. Use them, do them (laughs) for relief. Um, If you like to draw, do it. If you like to knit, gardening is up your alley. I just read about uh, the comeback of Victory Gardens in the United States. Um, This is a really good time. Uh, And I'm accidentally growing cucumber, everybody. And you can take that time to process that as you will. But I am accidentally growing cucumber. Yeah, Um. I was going to say, I actually don't know anything about gardening. And so therefore, I don't know what season grows what. So I'm sure you can do something, even though it's kind of cold. Kale. Always kale. That's is why. It kale? Well, kale is one of them because that's why we went through such a kale, a phase where nobody liked it in the U.S. because it just grew all the time. And during like Victory Gardens and rationing, people got really sick of kale. <laughs> like Aww. never, never again. Um, but yeah, and I, lo- I've been loving to see different hobbies my friends have picked up or different projects they've tackled. It's been fun. I was going to say, yeah, my knitting has slowed down. Hmm. Um, but I have found tons of games that I've played on my phone. I have a weird chicken reading game right now that I'm playing with. Don't judge me. <laughs> Don't judge me. Okay. Joe's already judged me a lot. And like, I think it's about factory industry. And I was like, I don't know. I just keep hitting this button and these chickens come out, okay? Um, so I enjoyed that. I know we've talked about the fact that we've been doing, uh, I've been doing Switch and mm-hmm. VR. So, you know, those are some of my things. So, yeah, that's all good. Um Speaking of which, do something you know will comfort you, whether it's rewatching all of Parks and Rec or all of the original Star Wars trilogy, uh-huh. <laughs> or gaming, or about. going for a run. <laughs> Just do what you love. Whatever it is that makes you happy, do it. Is it making fabric? What I don't know what you can make. Fabric mache eggs. You can't make that, can you? Paper mache is what I meant. Pepper, paper, <laughs> pepper. Paper mache is what I meant. If you want to make something with paper mache, make a make it. Go for it. Do something that you haven't done in a long time. If you have remember loving that, do it. Cooking, great. Making more bread, great. <laughs> and also, last but not least, for us, I mean, there's many more that you can find out there. Uh, fill your feelings. And I know it's cheesy to say, but if you need to grieve, grieve. If you need to be angry, be healthy angry, obviously. Um, Put that in a way that is constructive. Don't try to deny what you can't help. And that's reacting however it is naturally for you. Of course, in healthy boundaries. Um, (laughs) I mean, maybe don't do all of the heavy drinking all the time. But if you need to grab a drink with a friend or need to grab a drink with a friend over Zoom, okay, 
cool, cool, cool. Have your adult <laughs> moment. Um, but do what you feel is natural and what will be whatever it is. If it needs, if you need to cry, that's okay. I think we all were there. Um, I just saw the Taylor Swift video or the ad with Taylor Swift's song that was for Biden Harris, and it showed a lot of women crying. And I remember I cried after the 2016 election. Yeah. And crying was the only thing I could think to do, honestly, that day. And I remember friends of mine who were like, oh my God, you're be, not just to me, but overall, you liberals are so weak, da da da. And it really, yeah. they're still saying that. They're still mm-hmm. saying that today. And it wasn't a cry about losing, it was about the loss of humanity and a little bit of hope. Yeah. That should have been there. And <laughs> it came out way worse than we expected. <laughs> And I think that's yep. the fear it is now that people said it wouldn't be that bad. Mm-hmm. They're wrong, as we've seen many of videos, many of threats against people, uh, the neo Nazis and the Proud Boys coming out headstrong and ready to go. It's just as bad as we were afraid of it being. Mm-hmm. Yep. So it's okay to feel that. Yeah. And you know, Samantha, I feel like you've just given me, you've t- basically instructed me to go watch the original Star Wars movies and work on fan fiction, maybe with a cocktail. So thank you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. I am very happy to do that. Uh, we do have a little bit more for you, but first we have one more quick break for word from our sponsor. Thank you, sponsor. And I wanted to ask you some personal questions about your stress relief and practice in general. Um, when do you know you're not in the right space, like headspace or emotional space or mental space? How do you measure that for yourself? That's an interesting question. It's almost like a feeling that's really hard to describe of like numbness and tension at the same time. It's like being somehow both like numb in thoughts and just like physically tense. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's the scary thing about it is sometimes it's, it's like the, the frog in the boiling, boiling pot where I don't realize I've gotten to a place until it feels too late. Um, and then other times, especially when it comes to the news like I'll just catch myself feeling such like fear and hopelessness that I I'll be I'll tell myself you need to step away. This is not good. Mm-hmm. Um, how about you? Yeah, for me, I I actually can tell because I feel physically drained to the point that, and I've told many people, I've said this before, that I'm like, I'm maybe narcoleptic. I'm not really sure that I get so exhausted and so tired that I can't function. Um, And definitely, I've been feeling that as of recent. Last week was stressful. Uh, You and I have talked about this. Uh, The Hurricane Zeta came through here um, Mm -hmm. and knocked out my power for a few days. And it was probably... 
if there was a worst day, it was the worst day possible for us to have the power out because that was supposed to be our big long recording day and yeah. everything fell apart and I couldn't work because we had no internet. And then my mm-hmm. phone went dead because the towers had gotten uh, knocked off or something like yeah. that. So I was like, this is the apocalypse. It's happening. It's happening. <laughs> and I think it really pushed me over the edge. I'm like, this is the worst time. Mm-hmm. This could happen, but that that level of hopelessness, like I, I can drop into depression, but I, it comes onto me physically first, yeah. so I can feel it, mm-hmm. and so I do see it that way. So I have to like figure it out and um, kind of take a moment to be like, why do I feel this way? This is not usual, but it takes me a minute to realize, oh, this is not usual. Yeah. Okay, something's about to happen to my body or my emotions, my state, and I need to. I need at the moment. And yeah, yeah, you were talking about you needing to step away. How do you step away? Uh, I'm a very action-oriented checklist person. Right, right. So I I like to have, like, for me, putting on my calendar literally 6 to 7 p.m. social media. Like, I'll put on my dang calendar, like, this is when you're going to do it. I put all these systems in place of... uh, I and I know we talked about this in our routine episode. Some people routine is not it just stresses them out more, but for me having this kind of like calendar you're going to you know work out from this amount of time this amount of time and having that structure is really helpful for me when it comes to stepping away. And then um you know, I, when this whole quarantine first started, I, I I began a journey, Samantha. I began a fan fiction journey sure that I thought was only going to be... Oh, I thought it was maybe going to last a month. But here we are. I'm on like page 300-something. Um, and sometimes I'll just catch myself. Like if I get too stressed, I literally will just automatically open it and start writing it. <laughs> and I don't even think about it. It's like, nope, we're going to do this thing for a minute. <laughs> um, which feels, it feels both very silly, but it's helped me. Yeah, It's really helped me get through some stuff. So I think having, for me, having both the structure that to hopefully help myself have these beats through the day and then given that doesn't work, I have this like over in the background fan fiction that all I want to do is write it. So right. I love it. <laughs> yes. You have so, uh, 300 something pages, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it's no end in sight. <laughs> How about Quite you? So. <laughs> um, for me, as antisocial and as uh, of an introvert I am, I have specific people that I will reach out to. I have gotten really good at understanding that isolation or things that being by myself or wanting too much of being by myself is a bad sign because mm-hmm. I need someone to give me a reality check. So I'll reach out to people, whether it's doing the Marco Polo app or calling you, doing like, hey, you want to do Skype or uh, getting with my partner and like, letting him know there's something wrong. I'm not okay. Uh, I have to be able to admit that for myself. So that is number one. I have to do that. Take a moment, take a reality check. Then I have to do something. I have to do something with purpose, whether it's to volunteer, whether it's to give money, whether it's to do something. Like I have to do something because I can't control what's happening around me, but I can control what I do, right? Um, As well as the fact that I am a binger, like nobody's business. So I have comfort (laughs) shows that I will sit and watch uh, all day. Right now, it's once upon a time. 
mm-hmm. again, uh, which I love those fairy tales with heroes anyway. And so yeah. I'm like, yeah, this is nice. This is a nice little wrapped up. It never really wraps up because it's a series, so problems have You're to happen sure. all the time. But they're yeah. all predictable. Wonderful. Yeah. I love predictable. Um, <laughs> and that's kind of what I do. I need that zoning out. I can't get yeah. too caught up in the disgustingness of some things. Uh, mm. I'm really bad about social media, though, that I can't let go of it. Sometimes that I watch or read it too much. My yeah. phone tells me how much uh, screen time I have, and it's not good. Ooh. So judged. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but yeah, I try, I've been trying a little harder by at least playing games instead of reading social media on yeah. there. Yeah. You know? But speaking of my own uh, problems with uh, social media, <laughs> something that... I mean, that you see is an unhealthy thing that you've done during this pandemic. Um, Or not pandemic, during this stressful time. Yeah. uh, Definitely the, like, not getting enough exercise or not even moving around enough. My body physically hurts now. Just every Mm -hmm. day, it hurts. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to fix that or the squeezing of my arms. Um, And then I, you know, I'll, I'll admit it. I've started drinking a lot more since this than I did before. And it's like become one of those things where it used to be, well, surely this can't go on forever, right? (laughs) And it kind of just kept going on. Um, So I've been working on that as well. In general, I'm not, I don't have many good coping mechanisms. Um, or they're not really healthy mechanisms. And it's something I know and I've been working on. So sometimes I'll trade one off for the other. And it's so hard right now because it is so hard right now right. to work on a problem that you already had. Right. Um, and now it's exacerbated because of stress. Um, and then for sure sleep. Like just mm-hmm. not taking care of myself overall, I guess. Right. You've always had issues with sleep. Like you're saying, you can't really have a hard time fixing something that's already going to be problematic on a normal yeah. day, and then having the stressor on top of that doesn't help at all, obviously. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. I'm the same way. Um, I think for me, it's the... <laughs> I sleep too much sometimes, and that's mm. problematic for me. I go back and forth. I'm one extreme or the other. Like, either I don't get any sleep or I get too much sleep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then as well as the fact, yeah, I have not been exercising at all. And I feel like I'm just giving up. Half the time, I'm like, no, nah, yeah. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna stay here now. I'm not gonna move. I'm gonna sit on this couch for a lot, little while longer. I'm gonna play my phone games. However, yeah. Switch has helped me a little bit with the Just Dance. Yeah, yeah, yeah I you love know, just I dance. got that immediately because I was like, okay, at the very least, I miss dancing, I miss hip hop, I miss all of these things. Yeah, so I will do that. But yeah, it's definitely not a healthy situation. I also, man, I like to crawl into a hole and not see people for a long periods of time. Hmm. I gotta stop that. <laughs> Not that I can see people, but even like social distancing stuff. I mean, for Halloween, yeah. I did absolutely nothing because it just felt pointless. Oh, yeah. Uh, I hate that I said it like that, but it, it does. It's definitely hard to celebrate things. And I yeah. give so much props and credits to people who can actually see the positive of things. And I was just like, no, no, I'm just going <laughs> to sit here in the dark now. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's one way to celebrate Halloween. <laughs> 
kind of creepy. That's true. That's kind of what I did. I was like, I'm just going to sit here in the dark. Happy Halloween, everybody. And now, honestly, the stress of the holidays, because I do not yeah. like the holidays, is coming towards me. And I think we just had the daylight savings time or whatever. Yeah. And I'm just like, why? Why do we need to have more darkness? <laughs> yeah, and I, I've been seeing a lot of articles coming out about that, about how, you know, the holidays were already a stressful thing for a lot of people. And now you have COVID, so you've got to have that conversation. And the election. Then there's the election, the aftermath of that. And yeah, I, I understand some aftermath. Yeah, there's so much. Yeah, um, man. I mean, there's so many things that I can think of, but how do you feel like this election season is to 2016? Your emotional state, everything about everything. How do you feel like it compares? Hmm. I feel in some ways the numbness I was talking about has sort of insulated me from... The, I feel for me, 2016, the lead up was more painful just because it was kind of like, oh, it's, it's re-trauma all the time. And I felt like we were in this echo chamber where you were, as as a trauma survivor, someone with trauma, you were hearing all of the doubts you had about well, people won't believe me or they'll think this or they'll think this or what do I really, what value do, does society give me or not give me or what do they believe me or not believe me? And not to say that it's not going on because it absolutely still is, but I'm just sort of numb to it now right. <laughs> in right. a way that I wasn't then. And at the time, you and I have both said, we we did hear this refrain of, you know, it's going to be fine, you're overreacting. And now we know we weren't. But at the time, even I sometimes would try to convince myself, like, but there's got to be, maybe I am, maybe there's a silver lining, maybe something, something. And so I don't feel like I have that anymore. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I guess I just feel a little, just really tired mm-hmm. and numb, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> How about you? I think I think I'm the same way in a in a certain respect, but yeah, I have a deeper sense of dread. Uh mm-hmm. because it's so familiar. Everything looks familiar, the numbers look familiar. Uh now the amount of voters, much better. The tactics are different, it's dirtier. And that's where I'm kind of a little bit scared. I'm hoping for the best, like we said at the beginning of the show, but the pessimist in me is who wins out, you know, in this year of essentially like who wins out the sheer person because they play dirty I don't know and that's the question and then after that I think there's also a sense of like fight in me and knowing that if it does come down to that I'm ready let's go let's go let's fight uh whatever that might be um but yeah I think I'm with you the numbness but still a deeper sense of dread well yeah because it just feels like even if we have like the best possible outcome it's going to take so long. So long. to, And the, the bar has been lowered so, so, so much. It just feels like, well, even if we win this time, some other Donald Trump could come around. Right. Um, and we allowed for it once. Right. Yeah, that's be, scary. And I guess, you know, overall, it's just a whole set of woes but again i look at look at the fact that so many people have like risen up and uh, mm-hmm. many different organizations that have come out to fight voter suppression 
the fight for individual rights, the protests, the continued uh, like allyship. It's it's lovely to see. It really is, and it does make me really hopeful. Seeing the people that go out there to vote, seeing the people standing in line at seven a.m. Yeah. to make sure their vote is counted. I love it. I love that. This is the fact that you know I told you guys that. Um, the the man yelled at me to stay in line, thinking that I was leaving the line because it was too long. <laughs> I mean, I love that. Those are the things yeah. that I do have a lot of hope in. Again, I'm looking at Georgia, and I'm hoping for a turn at least in a couple of the seats. And I'm really excited by that, by the fact that it is that close. And hopefully that we can make a few changes. You know, it's like small steps. And for mm-hmm. me, being in Georgia, that's a, a big step, even though it's yeah. small to everyone else. And yeah, and just to add to everything else. We were thinking of doing like a breathing exercise, a kind of a mantra moment. But um, I think there's so much trauma and triggering that even trying to be in your own thoughts can be triggering. Um, <laughs> I know we said this when we did the trauma yoga uh, practice, which by the way, is still there if you guys want to look for it mm-hmm. um, in our Instagram. But the fact is sometimes just breathing and thinking can be traumatic in itself. I've definitely mm-hmm. had flashbacks in my moments of being Zen. So we didn't want to put that on you. But if you do want some recommended exercises, please email us. We'll send you some sites. Again, we have the trauma yoga, which mm-hmm. Annie um, put up and uh, led us through. And we can send you those as well because there are some really good benefits to all of that. Um, yeah. And overall, take care of yourself. I think it's safe to say... Our fam, y'all, all of y'all, are people who are prone to care past the point of their own health, of our own health. And for times like this, we have to help, we have to remember to help and love ourselves as much as we want to help others. Um, and I know, believe me, I know this feels so big and overwhelming, but we can't be so overwhelmed and unwilling to care for ourselves that we can't keep fighting. Um, and no matter what, Justice is something we have to and will continue to have to fight for, no matter the results. Um, and we see that. We see the numbers and we see the outcries and we see the ridiculousness out there. And again, for people who are our listeners and for ourselves, we can't give more than we have. And if you do, you're not going to be able to help others. We love you, people. Yes. We do, we do. And um, truly, so many of you are doing inspiring things. Um, and you are out there fighting and you did start the organization or you started volunteering. So many of you are doing that. And I know a lot of this has been a downer in terms of, I guess, our mental states. <laughs> um, but I do find that very, very inspiring and hopeful. And it makes me so proud. So... Yeah, please take care of yourselves. Um, Again, it's Monday before election day as we record this. So who knows what it's going to be like when you listen to it. Um, But we're thinking of you and we care about you. And just know that and take care of yourself. Um, and we would love if you're doing any uh, any volunteering in any organizations that uh, might people might be interested in, or any actions that have helped you feel good or get out of maybe a funk, or any crafting projects. Oh, please, yes, yes, please, please send those to us. Our email is stuffmediamomstuff at iheartmedia.com. You can also find us on Instagram at stuff mom never told you, or on Twitter at momstuffpodcast. Thanks as always to our super producer Andrew Howard. 
Thank you. And thanks to you for listening. Steph, I've never told you this production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.